In today's episode, Brian dives deep on what it takes to make life non-negotiable on your own terms. Are you hitting a wall in your business because you feel like you're too busy? Do you ever wish there were more hours in a day? This podcast is for hyper-focused entrepreneurs who want to learn the secrets of superhuman productivity. Together, we're going to kick procrastination in the teeth. We're going to slice through BS excuses like a katana blade. We don't ever wonder what happened because we're the ones that made it happen. My name is Josh Thomas. You've now entered the do zone. Welcome to the DZ Tribe. One day you will wake up and there won't be any more time to do the things you've always wanted. Do it now. Paulo Coelho. DZ Tribe, Josh Thomas. If you haven't already, check out thedozone.com for productivity tips, accountability, and just a bunch of really cool badass people looking to get more stuff done. Once again, that's thedozone.com. Today's guest is Brian Lewis, dad of six, leader of the Brian Lewis team at EXP Realty, real estate investor, entrepreneur, and host of the Get Some Fire Live podcast. He's also a farmer and a reserve police officer and an apex cowboy. Man, Brian, you got a bunch of stuff on your resume there. I'm looking forward to diving into this. But first, welcome to the Do Zone. Say what's up to the tribe and tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. Hey, thanks for having me on the show, Josh. I appreciate this. Uh, we connected early in the, we met about, I don't know, it's about eight, nine months now on Apex, and I appreciate the invitation for the show. Uh, you bring a ton of value to, uh, to our program and our world, and I appreciate you for that. Um, things to get the stuff done. I mean, really, it's just do it. I mean, we all make excuses and you know, we all have reasons why we don't do it. And uh, you just really got to get up and do it. Um, accountability is uh, really big too. I think uh, having your accountability partners that, that hold you accountable and, you know, hold your feet to the fire and make sure that you're going to do what you need to do. I think that's uh, something big for me that really uh, once a week check in with some people to say, Hey, did you do what you said you're going to do last week? Uh, I think that's one of the biggest things that motivates me. That's right. And you know, you, you keep yourself pretty occupied. You got a bunch of different jobs. First of all, um, you're you're like just a couple of kids shy of a full baseball roster. So yep. yeah, five girls, yeah. one boy. The boy's yeah. number four. Excellent. <laughs> and uh, tell me a little bit about uh, you're you're doing like five or six different things. I mean, talk about the do zone. Um, how do you find time to run a real estate business and also a a nonprofit? organic farm and also your reserve police officer where where do you find the time in the day to do these things um you know what i think uh, you give a busy person something to do and they just figure out how to do it you know um i basically started as an hvac contractor family business and uh basically at the beginning of this year i kind of gave that up and now i am full-time real estate the real estate is four and a half years into me uh i think uh was it may 1st i think was my is my anniversary date and uh, it started as a kind of a side gig. Let me see what I can do with this, which developed into a team of a dozen and, uh, you know, selling, I don't know what we did, 30 something million in sales last year. And I found that my day job was actually getting in the way of me actually excelling in real estate. Like, mm. you know, it's a family business, so it's kind of hard to back away from it. But um, I sat at a computer, to, uh, I'm an engineer by trade, uh, designing projects and sitting at the computer. And honestly, once I got out in the world of real estate and sales and dealing with people and building relationships, 
sitting behind the computer, you know, punching numbers and designing jobs really just was torture for me. And I struggled with it for a while because it's not where I wanted to be, but it's kind of a big transition to one, leave the family business and two, you know, sink or swim in real estate. You're only good as your next sale. So, um, but in that process uh, through the years, I got involved in this organic form um, on a, it's a nonprofit. I'm on the board there. Uh, we took this farm that basically was abandoned and uh, basically made it into its community farm. It's about four and a half acres. So for those across the country, that's small, but 16 miles from New York city, it's pretty big. That's right. And uh, it's uh, it's fun. It's kind of like a little oasis. So uh, it was a happy place for me to kind of go and clear my head and think a little bit. And also tons of networking. Um, there's a ton of people on the board that are uh, successful entrepreneurs. And, you know, most people that get involved in that type of stuff are doers in the do zone. Um, you know, we all volunteer our time and we all put our heads together and brainstorm and put our resources together and our connections together. And uh, we were on this farm. It's got a budget of about 300000 a year to run the place. So we have to grow and fundraise $300,000 in order to keep the doors open every year. And that's a pretty big number to, you know, as a volunteer, as a nonprofit, as a, you know, basically, um, you know, we don't sell that much produce to, to make those numbers work. You got payroll and you got insurance and electric and all the bills. And it's, it's not easy. It's another full-time job. Um, I've actually kind of passed the torch a little bit. I was heavy involved years ago and, uh, you know, it's time once the real estate took over, I really didn't have the, tons of time that I was donating to it. Um, but I got a lot of years in it to it and we got it well on its way. So, so tell me a little bit, you, you said something that I've heard a few times before, you know, you give a busy person something to do, they find a way to get it done. It seems counterintuitive at first. Uh, but then you realize, well, busy, you know, I use it in quotes because it's kind of a four letter word around here. I get it. Like we use it, but yeah. uh, if you, if, but it's kind of true. You give a busy person something to do, they find a way to get it done. Why do you think that is? Um, you know what I think a lot of it is? When we say that we don't have time, it's just an excuse of we don't really want to do it. Um, you know, if you wanted to whatever, go out with your girlfriend this weekend, you would find the time. But if you said, I want to go volunteer for this project, eh, you know, I'm too busy. Um, I really think a lot of I don't have the time is just I don't want to do it. Um, we all have the time. There's, there's a lot of time in the day. Um, it's really, you know, do you, how bad do you want it? Do you really want to do it? Or you're going to make excuse and say, I don't have the time. Um, you think about a lot of things in life that, you know, I say a lot to, uh, other volunteers. They're like, Oh, I don't have any time. I'm like, I got six kids. I was working doing real estate, uh, running an you know, HVAC business. Uh, I'm going to pollution do all this stuff. I was like, and I'm here doing the work. Like, you know, where are you guys? I don't have the time. I was like, well, obviously you're not into it and that's fine. But yeah. don't tell me you don't don't tell me you don't have the time. Just tell me that you don't have the willpower yeah. or, the, uh, or the want, you know, just tell me you don't want to do it. You and that's, don't that's, do it yeah. that's actually, you know, the word the word busy. Uh, I've I've realized I, I looked it up in the etymology and all this stuff. But basically what people really mean when they say I'm busy, I, I'd love to do this, but I'm too busy. Uh, yeah. I wish I could join you, but I'm just too busy. I wish I could have got that done, but I just got too busy and replace the word busy with unfocused. Mm. And, you know, I, I would love to join you, but I'm just too unfocused. I wish I could have gotten that done, but I just got too unfocused, you know, and that's, and that's what, that's what it really is. And and you're adding another layer of nuance to that by saying, well, I don't have the time, which basically means I don't really want to, I don't value this enough. I don't value it enough to find time. time. Right. You think about it. You could be as busy as you could be. If there's something that pops up, you want to do, you do it. You know, yeah. it's whether it's take a trip or go to an apex event. Listen, none of us have time to fly to Dallas, but you know, we make the time because it's important to us, right? You know, 
um it's kind of just the way if, if it's important to you you figure it out you know that's right if, if if for whatever reason like i got a big gash on my neck and i'm like squirting out blood i don't really have the time right now to go to the emergency room but i'm gonna make the time yeah yeah <laughs> because yeah, exactly. i value that very much yeah i value, <laughs> I value living, my so. blood inside of my body <laughs> yeah inside my body yeah <laughs> But uh, that's that's the thing. Actually, that's really just a big excuse that a, a lot of people make. And I, I've caught myself in the process, too. And, you know, someone says, uh, you know, the time like, you know, what, you know, it's just not in my priority list. It's low on my priority list. So, you know, and and that's a little bit of the challenge, I think, is it's it's in your best interest and it's in the people around you's best interest for you to just be completely honest and say, I don't value this enough. But it's hard because we're decent human beings and we don't want to be rude and we don't want to hurt feelings. And mm-hmm. so we say, ah, I just don't have the time. Yeah. But but in reality, you would be doing yourself and everybody else so, so much of a favor by just saying, I'm not going to do this because I don't value the output that this yeah. is. And yeah. how do we do that without sounding like a jerk? True. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds kind of like a jerk, but it's, it's reality. Listen, don't. Don't tell me I don't have the time because you know, just tell me I'm not interested. You know, listen, I got you know I appreciate the offer, but I'm not interested. Thank you. You know, <laughs> but uh, you know it's it's a battle. Um, those of us in the ADHD world, or that's also the shiny object syndrome. Um, one of the ways I got a lot of stuff done at the farm was it's really fun to jump on a tractor and go plow a field. Uh, <laughs> it's like uh, you know, you find, figure out what's shiny and important to you. It's like hmm, I'm gonna go to the farm after work and go jump on a tractor and go dig some holes. You know, this is fun. You yeah, know, that's like the complete opposite of the New York City experience. Oh, yeah. I grew up, uh, my grandfather had a farm upstate New York. Oh, uh, well, he bought the original farmhouse from a cow farm built in, I don't know, early 1800s. It was abandoned. And every weekend from my childhood for like two years, we drove upstate every weekend, about four hours and worked from Friday afternoon until Sunday night and rebuilt this farmhouse. And then he moved up there when he retired across the street from this cow farm. So I grew up around this farm with hay rides and horses and they had the Belgium show horses and the cows everywhere, you know, riding through the fields. I had a Volkswagen dune buggy that I used to ride through the fields at like 12 years old and maniac stuff. But uh, life lessons now, I mean, I can do electric plumbing. I just did tile work over the weekend just because it's like, you know, you don't realize at the time, it was like, oh, I gotta go upstate and work again this weekend. But the life lessons that taught me Later on, I started flipping houses. And when I first started flipping houses, I didn't hire anybody because I knew how to do it all. You know, right. if I didn't, you know, I'd basically figure it out, you know. And uh, I, that, I think we should change the phrase, you know, if you want something done, ask a busy person to if you want something done, ask Brian Lewis. Because <laughs> <laughs> he will you know, find I, the time to make it happen, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I joined uh, Apex, that the FYE was it's kind of just I got that hat. It's just literally like my my phrase in my head now you know it's like every time something comes up like i'm making excuses stop stop making excuses let's go get your excuses in the g-rated version and uh you know it's uh it's really every part of life is people making excuses i mean it's really such a big thing we all make excuses of why we can't do things you know tired i'm i'm hot i'm you know i don't have time i don't you know it's all about the excuses and if you can eliminate the excuses just do it just do it. The do zone, right? <laughs> That's right, man. Yeah. And and so I, I want to ask, I want to dive a little deeper in something you said uh, right at the beginning. You had a family business and you had to step back from the family business to go and pursue this, this other business in real estate. And I would imagine that there's a lot of people listening right now that have become comfortable or complacent, or they're in a family business, or they're in a place where they've been doing the same thing for a long time, and maybe they're kind of tired of it. But 
they don't have the guts uh, or the wherewithal, or they're just, they don't feel like they're ready to step out of that and do the thing that they want to do, or maybe the thing that'll pay them better. And so walk me through kind of the decision process of walking away from a family business where you got a secure job for life and into this completely unknown thing. What were kind of your decision-making factors in that? Um, you know what? COVID was a big factor in that. Um, COVID, um, New York City construction, they shut us down, you know, can't come to work, stay home. We weren't supposed to be selling real estate, but we were still able to sell real estate. There was just some, you know, you know, basically, uh, all right, the door's open, go show the house type thing, you know? <laughs> and um, so I was still able to make some money uh, selling real estate, but I did realize that not going to the office 50 hours a week, you know, five days a week, sometimes six days, quality of life was like completely different. And I'm like, so I really like being able to, I lost a bunch of weight in the process. I'm like, I really like being able to work out and, you know, have time to do this and see the kids and, you know, go out and, you know, go for a ride in the car. I got a bunch of classic cars, convertibles and stuff, you know, nice sunny day. We go for a ride in the car. Cause I don't want to sit behind a desk anymore. Like, you know, and I said, when I started really thinking about it, I'm like, I mean, like 50 hours a week that I'm spending in the office. If I just put half of that into real estate, um, you know, I make a lot more money. I was a salary employee, you know, family business. So obviously uh, the real estate world is lucrative. You know, we, you know, we got pretty expensive houses here on Long Island and uh, you know, I'd sell to sell one house is basically what I made all month. So I'm like, so I could, you know, go list a house and sell it and hang out with my kids and not get stuck in the office 50 hours a week. And also, I realized that uh, I enjoy the people part of it. I've always been a relationship guy, but, you know, my real estate built on relationships. I love people. I love networking. I love connecting. It's always been my thing. And it allows me to do that so much more. It allowed me to be who I want to be and you know where I want to be rather than felt stuck for years, like just in this hamster wheel, you know, we talk about it a lot, right? You're running in a hamster wheel doing the same thing, going to the office, sitting at the computer, designing a job, going home next morning and turn on the computer, doing it again. It's like the monotony was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Whereas each house is, you know, something new and new air, new neighborhood, new location, new people, new buyers, you know, it's, uh, it's a whole different world. And uh, it really was a game changer. So, but trying to pull back from that is really tough when you're working for dad and my sister's in a business, my uncles are in a business. It's, you know, my brother-in-law's are in a business. It's uh, yes, at the end so of the day, I had to choose my happiness and my kind of peace over everything, you know? Yeah. So, so, so talk me through that though, because you, you did a great job of explaining like, okay, here's why. And like, man, I get it. <laughs> Everything yeah. you said was like, yeah. yeah, dude, that was a great choice. Yeah. But the, the mechanics of the, the, how, like how, how do you walk away from something that is just so normal, so ingrained, even if you're tired of it, it's kind of like you're on autopilot a little bit. How, how were you able to kind of manifest that transition out? Well, you know, it kind of worked in my favor. We were a little slow um, beginning of the year. Um, so I'm one of the draftsmen. So I, I'm one of the designers. I draw the ductwork up for the HVAC projects. And there's a couple uh, other, you know, a couple other guys that do the same thing in the company. And um, so basically as it slowed up, there really wasn't a ton of work for me. So I was like, oh, you know what? I'm just not going to come in this week. We'll save payroll a little bit. And Turn it to two weeks, turn it to three weeks. I kind of just stopped going to work, really. I mean, <laughs> I just stopped going. I kind of just yes. stopped going to work. It reminds and, uh, me of office space. I'm just going to stop going. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's now, you know, that's it's 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 kind of we're kind of joking about it, but you know, that's one way to you know, if you really want to make a drastic change in your life, 
just stop stop going to work. I do not advocate that you just walk away from a secure paycheck, okay? But, you know, sometimes you just got to rip the Band-Aid off. Like, you know what? I'm just not going to go to work anymore. I can't stand showing up one more day. And whether I figure out the solution or not, I know this isn't the solution. Yeah, no, and, uh, you know, that's all me building my real estate business. And um, he kind of saw the money I was making and, and the team I'm building. And he's kind of like, you know, like, if that's what you want to do. Like, don't don't stay stuck here. You know what I mean? Like, you know, um, the other part of the business is we're a union shop in Manhattan. The union's your partner. Um, not knocking unions, but they've priced themselves out of the market. There's all kinds of work rules that basically protects guys to not work. Um, so basically, our, our prices are ridiculous. And as a non-union element that's basically taking over the city, so we can't compete with the non-union element. So our profit margins are very slim. We work on high volume. Uh, big million dollar jobs and high exposure. Um, then you got New York City building department regulations to deal with. Um, you got obviously your OSHA, you know, stuff to deal with, you know, safety ladders, you know, scaffold, all that, all that stuff. Everyone's got to be trained and certified and all that other stuff. Um, and then uh, in addition to that, uh, in the buildings in Manhattan, you can't make noise after eight o'clock. So we're hanging ductwork from the slab above. We use hammer guns and drill into the concrete after eight o'clock, you can't make noise. So now you're starting jobs at four or five in the morning. Uh, you can't get deliveries anymore because they're afraid you're going to blow the building up. So they won't let you back your truck into the building. So you got to unload in the street and then carry all the stuff into the building from the street, which is just another yeah. nightmare. And then the meter maid's writing you a ticket, hundred and something dollar ticket on the truck while you're unloading. Yeah. And it's just like, everything's against you. Everything's against you. And it's just, it's just not fun. You know, years ago when I first started, it was fun. Um, things were different, uh, but now it's just it's so much, uh, bureaucracy and just everyone's in your pocket uh, insurance we uh we were carrying like a five million dollar umbrella on our on our work now they're pushing for a 10 and some buildings are pushing for a 25 million dollar umbrella policy on insurance if anything happens on a job site basically they come after you mm-hmm. and the the cost of the policy you're working more than half the year just for insurance it, it just it doesn't make sense it, it's it, unfortunately it's a dying industry and i'm third generation union sheet metal worker and yeah. the industry's dying and it's sad but it's reality, you know. We see the writing on the wall. Well, I mean, fortunately, you're a guy that knows how to get stuff done, and you're a guy that knows how to pivot. And I and I think that's a that's something that oh, I'd like to dive into here. Let's let's get into the the do zone diagnostic and crack that skull open and see what's going on. You ready? Definitely. Awesome. <laughs> uh, first question: What's the what's one thing you do, Brian, that helps keep you focused on your goals? Focused on my goals. Um, something new I started. Um, it's kind of fun. Is I basically got a vision board right next to my bed, and uh, I write everything, brainstorm whatever brain dumps <laughs> that night before I go to bed, and in the morning when I wake up, um, I look at my goals and I try and check them off. Um, I got that cool task app I've added to my phone, and I kind of just as I think of stuff, I put it in there, and I try and check the boxes. Uh, I think this, there's something satisfying about checking boxes, right? Oh so, yeah. Uh, I love it. Yeah. It's cathartic. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh, check this out. We got 10 things to do today and we just knocked them out. So, um, so a man after cool. my own heart. I appreciate yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so Brian, how do you get back on track when you lose that focus? Um, I think a lot of it is when I'm getting messed up, I get outside, you know, I do this, we ride a dawn thing on my bike and I go spend 10 miles a day. I'm 272 in today. I think it is. Um, I've been riding 10 miles a day on my bike and I get out in nature and I go get some fresh air and I so kind of do my meditation and thinking, and this is what I got to do today. This is what I'm working on is where the ideas pop up. And, 
I think just like basically stopping and going for a walk is big. When you get frustrated, you get stuck, just break it, break it, you know, stop sitting there and being, just get out, go for a walk, get some fresh air, circle back, sit down again and, and take another shot at it. And I think that's important. Um, yeah. You know, I've, I've actually heard that multiple times. Your, your, your counterpart, Samuel Smith said the exact same thing. Yeah, we're very much alike. I think we were separated at birth. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, speaking of who is your support group, Brian, and, and how do they keep you accountable? Um, Sam's probably one of my biggest, uh, me and Sam are brothers from another mother and uh, started uh, as a, just a little, we had a cigar a couple months ago and decided to start doing uh, how can we give back to our community and how can we give, our friends a platform to talk about, you know, what they do and who they are and just in a loose format, kind of like two guys sitting at the bar, hanging out and talking about whatever comes up. And we put together this little reality show podcast type thing. And, uh, that, um, you know, we hold each other accountable and that we you know, like, Hey, listen, I got this going on. What do you think? I got this going on. What do you think? What should I do here? What should I do that? Um, and there's a couple other accountability groups I'm in with, you know, other apex members, uh, you know, uh, Greg Michaelman, um, Todd Freeman, uh, Benny Montalbano, all my New York crew. We meet once a month. Um, we just had dinner not too long ago. And we push each other and check in with each other and everything. All right. And it's kind of nice to have that person. That, you know, Benny's big thing is that you good. That little uh, meme with the looking yeah. around. There was at the lockers or whatever. And he sends yeah. it to me all the time. You good. And, you know, yeah. sometimes you're like in the middle of a funk and all of a sudden you get this silly. You good. And I'm like, you know what? I am now. You know? <laughs> yeah. I wasn't good, but now I'm good. <laughs> yeah, now I am. But uh you know, and those so, guys push me, you know, they're like, you know, I, I, I like uh, constructive criticism. I tell people, listen, if you think I could do better, I'm not doing what I should be doing. Hold me accountable. Yell at me. Give me give me a hard time. Kick me in the ass a little bit, because I think we all need that. You yeah. know, sometimes you kind of just need that. Hey, wake up. Get get, yeah. get just get on track. And I'm like, oh, yeah. OK, yeah. You get in your funk and you get on your, your whatever, you know, your tunnel vision going and you realize, hey, you, you know, you're not doing as much as you could be doing. Yeah, that's right. And, and so you're, you're a guy that has started a bunch of complicated projects, both in construction and real estate and elsewhere. Um, you run a farm. How do you approach a difficult project that you're not quite sure how to complete? Uh, I think lean on your network. I mean, I'm a big connector and networker. Um, I try and find someone that's done it or done something similar. And I reach out to them and say, listen, we're, we're trying to do this. What do you think? Um, I think it's, you know, basically, I think education, learning, knowledge is it's a process where I keep rolling down the hill and, you know, I'm going to teach you something and you're going to teach the next guy something and invite all the way down the hill. Right. And that's generational learning. Right. Um, so if you don't know how to do it, find someone who's done it and, you know, pick their brain. Everyone's happy to share. Um, you know, we know that, you know, if someone knows how to do it and they think they can help you, probably 99% of people out there are willing to you know, give you a hand or tell you how to do it or, you know, and give you a process and procedures to do it. I mean, I knew nothing about farming. I mean, I hung out near a farm, but I knew nothing about farming. And, you know, we reached out to other farmers out, you know, real farmers out, out east on Long Island. There's a bunch of farms out there still. And uh, we made field trips out there and talked about what they do and processes they have. And and uh, there's actually kind of farm uh, mentors that basically teach you how to farm. It's like a new thing that like, they're kind of, people want to get back into farming. So there's actually almost like a farm coaching people out there that teach you how to farm. It's kind of, you know, we think in entrepreneur world, we got entrepreneur coaches, right? There's farming coaches that teach you how to farm, especially in the organic world. Um, organic farming is completely different than anything else because you can't just dump a chemical on it and fix the right. problem. You know, <laughs> it's uh, it, so. In and yeah. in, in last last question for you, Brian. What's what's the number one pro tip that you would give to someone looking to get more stuff done in less time? Uh, it's organize, organize. You know, just. Um, 
and uh, put the phone down. I mean, I think our worst, our worst, our worst, our worst enemy is the phone. I think for yeah. most of us, um, I lose so much time to the phone and, you know, whether it's a social media or just, I look back at my text messages and like a hundred of the text messages in a day. And I'm like, this is too much, you know, like, so I've actually been making an effort to just put the phone down. I pick it up an hour or two later and you know what, no, wait, I got to get work done. Like, you know, I can't keep yeah. getting distracted. And it's hard to do that. It's hard to, you know, when you're so used to being, you know, in the real estate world, you know, every call could be, you know, $10,000, $20,000. Like, I want to answer that call. But at the same time, I can't, I got to get work done. I got to be able to put it down. So, yeah. Um, and you're, you know, another, another gentleman that you mentioned in your crew there, Todd Friedman, actually, you know, it's, it's interesting, the, the recurring trends, when you ask the same questions over and over, you start to get some of the same answers. He actually said the same thing. He, uh, I asked him, what's your number one tip for getting more stuff done in the last time? And he took his phone and he threw it in the back. <laughs> he like threw it in the back of the room. He's it's like, true. I'll just take this thing and I get it out of my face. I lose the most amount of time to my phone. Yeah, it's just such a distraction. Every time that text comes through or messenger, and you know, we're in a bunch of these uh these, you know, apex groups. And I mean, those things go all day long. I don't know how anyone gets anything done. It's like every time I check it, I miss like 50 posts for the day. I'm like, is anyone yeah. working? Like, am I the only one? So yeah, I really, I got who actually makes money around here. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, everyone's on these chats all day long, you know? So, uh, but I've literally been a battle with me. I'm just literally just put the phone down. I don't care who's in there, what's going on. Like, I'll check it in an hour or two and, you know, I'll get back to wherever I need to get back to. And that allows me to get the focus I need. You know, shiny object syndrome is, is dangerous for all of us. You know, the phone's sitting there. I, I leave in the other room a lot of times because, you know, if it's sitting there next to me on a desk, you're tempted to pick it up, you know, leave it in, you know, throw it in a charger in the other room. And when you come back, it'll be charged and then you can deal with it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And so now you, you briefly mentioned this earlier, and I, I really wanted to reserve some space to dive into this. We ride at dawn. Tell me, how did that start? Tell me what you do and tell me what you've learned from it so far. So that started, um, Basically, when I first joined Apex, everyone gets up at four o'clock in the morning and goes to the gym. I absolutely hate the gym. I hate picking things up and putting them down. It's not my thing. But I did 75 hard before I joined Apex. And a lot of it, um, you know, a lot of my, my workouts were bike rides. I, you know, it was COVID times. It was I'd ride to the park and just enjoyed being out in nature. And it's kind of low impact. Uh, you know, I'm 6'4 and 240 pounds. I don't run. You know, my mother-in-law is a runner. She calls me a Clydesdale. So, you know. I can't run. It's not, I mean, not that I can't run, but it's just, it hurts my knees and my joints. And I'm just, I can't do it. So, but the bike's easy on your joints, you know, so we can ride and I go to destinations. I go to the lake, I go to the, you know, the, the bay or the ocean. And, you know, we got, luckily I'm in a cool area with a lot of cool places to ride to. And so we started riding. So then I kind of said, you know, as part of a workout routine, I think I'm going to start riding my bike in the morning and started with a couple of days a week. And I had a couple of days, like a streak going, we get up at six o'clock in the morning. I had a group in my driveway, Benny, and a couple of my other friends would meet me at 6 a.m. And we go ride in the morning, go do 10 miles. And I did it for on and off for about 30 days. I was getting a pretty good streak going and Memorial Day weekend hit and uh, it was cold and rainy here. And basically I didn't ride for two days and I was kind of pissed at myself because I had about a 30 day streak going. And I'm like, you know what? that's it. I'm committing to this. I'm going to go 365 days. And I'm a big, go big or go home type person. So I'm like, I want something that's going to mean something like 75 hard. We're going 365 hard. We're going to ride 10 miles a day, but you know, 365 days. And, uh, it started as a goof actually, you know, everyone's like, Oh, we're going to go ride tomorrow morning. And I'm like, hell yeah, we ride at dawn. You know, it's that big bird meme. I don't know. We ride at dawn bitches is the, is the meme and it's big bird on a bike. So that became this thing, this mantra of like, Hey, we ride at dawn. But uh, it actually became to mean more than that. Um, 
going through stuff in my life, um, separated from the wife, dealing with all that stuff and some deep, dark days in, in my past and, um, and still have those battles every day. And you know what? I kind of said to myself, you know, no matter what happens today, tomorrow we get up and we ride again. And it's kind of become my FYE, LFG, like, you know, it's kind of that, listen, no matter what happens in, in today, tomorrow's a brand new day, a brand new opportunity to get up and get on that bike again and ride again. And uh, it's really become sort of, you know, my movement now. Um, it's, it's the book I'm working on, all on that same theme. Um, you know, we're all dealing with demons. We all got stuff going on our backgrounds, no matter what smile we put on our face out in public. We all have, you know, whether it be health issues, whether it be, you know, marital issues, you know, or whatever, financial issues, or, you know, everyone's got some demons in their background. And we all think uh, we're alone on an island with our demons. When you realize that the more you talk to people, that everyone's got the demons and everyone's got stuff to struggle with. And, you know, you basically make a conscious effort, choice every morning. Am I going to wake up and I'm going to, you know, give into the demons or I'm going to be positive and, and go against the demons. And it's really just a mindset, right? We wake up, we, it's really the same energy to choose positive or negative when we get out of bed. So by me getting up and getting on the bike and uh, Mike Claudio had started a 365 live message and actually he stopped and I kept going. Um, so I do a five miles into the ride. I do an inspirational message of the day and started a kind of like, I don't know, I wouldn't say it's a goof, but kind of like, you know, just something I was doing. But now it's actually taken on a lot more meaning where I actually try and really make a real message out of it. Um, you know, and it's, it's one of those things, I, I don't want to interrupt you here, but it's one of those things I was just talking about this with a friend of mine that uh, just the act of doing something every single day will make you better at that thing. And yeah. you have a lot of wisdom to share with the world. You've done a lot of things and you're doing like six things, you know, right now, while we're on this podcast, you're like juggling chainsaws and like <laughs> yeah, yeah. closing real estate deals. And like people can't even see because they can't see the camera, you know, but you have a lot of wisdom to share with the world. And you haven't been used to being that person like out there leading the thought. And then, but, and then you start doing it and it's kind of like, I'm not very good at this, but I'm just going to keep doing it. Yep. And the more you do it, the more you do it, and the more you do it, the better you get at it kind of naturally. Definitely. Did you, have you noticed kind of that oh, metamorphosis yeah. from you're doing an in, inspirational message on like day 16 versus day 216? Oh, it's, it's a completely different vibe. It's a completely different feeling. Um, I tend to be an introvert, like growing up, I was happy playing with Legos all I by myself. That for as crazy as that sounds, yeah, that sounds uh, like I was a tall, skinny, nerdy kid. I was always in honors classes and stuff. And, you know, I used to get made fun of because I was the big kid and standing out in the crowd and, you know, the nerd type guy. And uh, as life went on, I basically fought that image because I was, I guess, traumatized by it as a kid, you know, getting picked on all the time and stuff like that. So um, I kind of went full against it. It's almost like a challenge to myself. I mean, like I said, I wear full cowboy gear when I go to the apex events, you know, do I stand out in the crowd? Am I worried? You know, that used to be something like, what are people going to say about me? Now I'm like, I don't care what you say. This is what I, this is what makes me happy. I'm having fun. Yeah. And you know, and that's also become part of, we ride at dawn, right? And so we ride a horse at dawn, we ride the bike at dawn, we got the cowboy gear. And that's kind of become my thing now too. And it's, it's, it's fun. It's just, you know what? Um, get out of your comfort zone. You know, we're all so comfort comfortable in our zone. We're also, we don't want to get out of our box. We don't want to get out of our, you know, our skin a little bit. And, um, 
to me, it's a challenge. Like every morning when I get up and I get that message and some mornings I feel like crap and it's cold and you know, whatever, I don't feel good from the night before. Maybe I went out drinking the night before and I should have, you know, that's the other thing that keeps me a little bit honest. I gotta, I gotta be good, you know? And uh, sometimes those messages are hard, but obviously you start to realize that that's a stupid idea to go out late when I got to get up at 6 a.m. and go ride. The ride's been going a little bit later now because it's been absolutely freezing here in New York. And um, so sort of rather than riding in the dark and the ice and I've been waiting a little bit longer, I also find I get a little bit more engagement when I do my messages later. Mm-hmm. Uh, more people are up to watch them and I'm trying to touch more people. I've had a lot of people basically, they, they, they message me all the time. Thank you. I needed that today. Like, and it's kind of fun to connect to people like that. Someone's in a dark time and I can give them a little, little encouragement. If I could touch one person a day, 365 people I got to touch this year, um, make their life a little better, give them, you know, some ideas and some positive energy. And, you know, this world's hard. COVID really kicked the crap out of a lot of people and really put a lot of people in a bad place. And I think, you know, my buddy of mine says in a world where hate makes headlines, goodness needs to speak up. And uh, that's like, I feel like, you know what, you turn on the news and it's just doom and gloom and this and that, you know, so we need to stand up and, and pass the positive around. You know, we, the only way we're going to change the world, and I believe that we could change the world if we all get in this together, is keep spreading the, spreading the love, spread the positive message around. You yeah. know, we're, we're battling the news every day. Well, let's, uh, there, was, there was something that you and I talked about a long time ago, and I don't know if you remember this or not, but we were having a conversation and you brought up the word non-negotiable and that was kind of that was at the time when rewrite at dawn was was kind of getting some steam you said you know what this is just non-negotiable this is what i'm going to do whatever is happening in my life and you've you've talked around it as you've been describing it here but when you use that word it has power because there are so many everything in life is negotiable i don't want to get up to that man it's cold it's icy. I'm tired. I'm hungover. Eh, I'll probably be all right. But when you make things non-negotiable, that's when you really start to make huge progress. Talk to me just, just real briefly about that concept of being non-negotiable and how has that impacted your life? You know, I've had so many people like, Oh, no one will know if you don't ride 10 miles. Like literally, I've gotten home sometimes and I'm like at nine, nine, five, like on my, my, uh, my app. And I get back out and I ride up the block one more time because I will not get off my bike until it's 10 miles. Like, and everyone's like, what's the difference? Who's going to know? And I'm like, I know. And I say, if, if, if I can't be honest with myself, how could I be honest with, you know, the world, how, you know, if, if I can't trust myself, how do I expect the world to trust me? Right. And the world is all about building no love and trust, right? The, the more people that know that you're a decent human and they can trust you, it's supposed to be like, I change it to love. I think it's more than like, I think, you know, like I said, I'm a big spread to love fan and it's not negotiable to me to, to cheat, like, you know, to cheat myself, to cheat, like, you know, 75 hard we talk about, right? So many people are like, oh, no one will know if you do that last workout. When I had 75 hard, so many people are like, what are you crazy? Just skip the workout. No one will know, you know? And I'm like, I know, like, you know, and I've legit done at least 10 miles a day now for 270, whatever days I'm up to now. And some of it's uh, on a stationary bike. If I, you know, we go to Apex, obviously I can't ride a bike. I was actually trying to figure out how to get a bike there and ride it but we did a stationary bike 10 miles but i've ridden either stationary or outside 10 miles a day you know for this whole time we're kind of more of that weekend is roughly the 365 point and uh now the problem i got is where do i go from here do i keep going or uh you know it's kind of my thing now you know and i'm kind of getting tired my, my legs hurt constantly like literally riding 10 miles a day like and you know some you know some days i take it easier some days i push myself and the days i push myself i pushed myself yesterday and my legs are burning today so to ride this morning in the freezing cold in the wind like my legs just didn't want to work anymore but 
we just keep going. And it's funny, uh, I have a counselor that I talked to and I was talking to her this morning and I was like, it's cold out. I just don't feel like doing this today. She's like, oh, no one will know. She's like, just drive around in the car and uh, you'll get your mileage that way. And I'm like, no, like, no, non-negotiable. Like, Get a new but, counselor. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, are you crazy? She's <laughs> like, oh, well, you know, like, you know, it's cold out. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I'm doing it. Like, non-negotiable. Like, you know, again, I just feel like, you know, if, you, if you're going to lie to yourself and cheat yourself, like, what does that say about you for the rest of the world? You know, it's like, I don't know. And I think so many people are comfortable with cheating themselves and lying in, to themselves and, you know, making excuses. You know, every time we make an excuses, there's usually another lie to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I feel like, you know what? I love the term we, we represent what winning looks like. And, you know, that's, that's a, something that also rings in my head. Like, you know, it's just what I'm doing right now is represent what winning looks like. And sometimes I'm like, you know what, you know, maybe I shouldn't be at the bar having a drink right now. I should be doing something else, you know, and we've all had those moments. Like this doesn't represent winning. Like, you know, said I'm hung over in the morning. That doesn't represent winning, you know, yeah. and you start changing your mindset a little bit and um, or hopefully a lot. And uh, there's, there's a couple of things that, and things I talk about all the time. Uh, represent winning looks like um fire starts fire we inspire everyone around us uh, that's one of my terms everyone watches what we're doing and by me going to ride my bike i got a bunch of people now that are riding their bike that are out running that are out walking and literally text me in the morning and said i'm out running right now because of you like i was making excuses and i see you doing this you know all these days in a road and you know, hot cold whatever like i'm out there thank you for the inspiration that means a lot to me. Like, and that's, and that's the most important thing is that consistency that you deciding that something is non-negotiable models to someone else that you can do that models to somebody else that, wow, dude, this guy probably doesn't want to get up and do this every day, but he still does it. What's my excuse. I don't have one. You know what? I'm going to get out there and do some stuff. I'm going to go work out. I'm going to put that cheeseburger down. You know, because sometimes we just need to see that somebody else is doing it to even realize that it's possible. We're capable of anything. Totally, totally. It's like, you know, when I first said I was going to do this, people are like, you're crazy. And I'm like, that makes me want to do it more. Like, you know, hold my beer. (laughs) Yeah, hold my beer, watch this. Yeah. It's like, you know, 365 days in a row, I, you know, got up and and rode and, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's a huge, you know, fuck your excuses thing right there because, you know, what's your excuse? What I just did it. Like, I just did 365 days in a row. You can't get up and do it. You know, um, I'm a big kind of, I like to kind of basically fuck your excuses for people. Like, people make excuses. I'm like, if I can do it, you can do it. I don't want to hear those excuses anymore, you know. Um, you know, six kids and, you know, eight different jobs and all the other stuff I do. And I still get stuff done. And people tell me, oh, I can't get stuff done. I can't do this. I wish I could do what you do. I wish I had the time. You know, I'm right the worst person yeah. of the time. I'm like, right back you know, where we started, man. You know, make time just, for what you value most. And then, you know, you watch people, you know, they'll know every single sports stat, every baseball stat, every basketball stat, every football stat. I was like, if you put all the time and effort you put into memorizing all those sports stats, they mean absolutely nothing to you. And you put it into your life, into your business, into your career, into your relationships, into your spouse. Uh, said, your life would be a lot different and you'd have a lot more time on your hands, you know? Yeah. You, know, well say, you, you want more time, you want more money, you know, sell your TV. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And <laughs> right. so, and so where, where can people find out more about you now? I know you do uh, a real estate business. Who do you serve with real estate? And for those that are outside of that area, uh, how can they engage with you otherwise? So uh, Brian Lewis uh, Jr. 
Um, gets most of my links are on there. Uh, so I have a landing page with a bunch of links. Uh, Brian Lewis Realtor on Instagram, Brian Lewis Jr. Jr. on Facebook. Um, but again, Brian, Brian Lewis Jr. Dot com uh, will get you to all my stuff. Um, I'm basically uh, Long Island, New York, um, residential and some commercial real estate, but um, I have a network across the country. Um, so basically I can, I have affiliates everywhere across the country. Actually, out of the country too, we're in a couple other uh, other countries now. My EXP Realty is uh, really expanding on fire. Um, basically, any if there's any realtors out there that are struggling, I have a coaching program where um, I coach uh, realtors how to get going. How to, you know, a lot of realtors sell two or three houses a year and they don't understand it, how it works. And um, I basically do a weekly coaching call and I welcome uh, you know realtors to connect with me and uh, I can coach them and help them do better. Um, it's a great business and uh, there's lots of opportunity out there, but you got to know how to do it. And it's a people game, just That's like great. anything in life. It's all about the relationships we build along the way. And I'm a big connector too. If anyone needs anything anywhere, I have a giant network giant network. Obviously we got Apex, but I have my own Apex here in New York where I've always been a connector. So if you need anything anywhere, just reach out. Hey, do you know someone? And I usually have someone or know someone who knows someone. I was, I'm that guy. I got a guy that's been me my whole life. So I'm happy to help. I'm happy to share the love with, you know, help my friends and help, you know, help two friends at the same time. That's a win for me. Brian Lewis Jr. Hashtag we ride at dawn. Thank you so much for being on here and sharing how you get stuff done. I really appreciate you, man. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for the invite. Awesome. So uh, we're going to wrap up from here uh, one more time. Thanks for our guest, Brian Lewis Jr. Uh, for being on here and sharing his wisdom. If you'd like to connect with him directly, you can visit his website, brianlewisjr.com. That's Brian, B-R-I-A-N, Lewis, L-E-W-I-S, jr.com. If you're a busy entrepreneur looking to get to the next level, head over to the dozone.com for productivity tips, tools, and strategies. You can also join our Facebook group of the same name. Until next time, remember, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. What are you going to do with yours? I have a job for you. Open up your phone or get out a piece of paper and write down these three questions. Number one, what is one important task I can get completely done today? Number two, when can I start it? And number three, what impact will that have on my life? Now answer these questions as best you can every single day this week. Then commit to taking action daily. Now you're in the do zone, baby. Let's go. Need some help with accountability? Are you stuck where you're at and not sure how to break through the barrier in front of you? Join the DZ tribe for free by visiting thedozone.com. We're a group of hyperactive entrepreneurs who want to help you get more stuff done. Oh, one more thing. If you know somebody who needs to hear this message, share it with them. Text them, email them, send them a DM on social media, smoke signals, carrier pigeons, whatever. Be sure to tag us at the do zone. Also keep the five-star written reviews coming over on iTunes. That helps new people find the show, hear it, and get themselves into the do zone as well. And always remember, the road to success is paved with imperfect action. So what are you waiting for? <laughs> Go do something already. See you next time. Yeah, yeah.